Welcome back to Dev Theory Podcast. This is episode three. I'm Sean Willis, co-host with, we have here... Isaac Weber. What's up? Not much, man. Let's um, let's talk about first what we're going to touch on today, the topic. So Iron, we've had a, a listener mention they wanted to know more about our stories and backgrounds related to Iron Yard Academy, which is the coding boot camp we went through. And so that's our main topic of discussion today is just sharing our experiences through um, those 12 weeks of intensive training. And then before and after, we may add some more information in there. Uh, before we dive in, let's give a big uh, a thank you to our sponsor, you Fizzy. Is a Ufizzy is a DevOps SaaS that enables your organization to deliver software faster. Powered by your own Kubernetes infrastructure, Ufizzy is a 10x better way to visualize and automate your deployments. It's easy with Ufizzy. Let's dive into Ironyard Academy. You want to start, man? I don't know where we want to start. Maybe before, after, in between. I don't care. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we can just start from the beginning. Um, I can kind of quickly go through and 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 uh, talk about how I got in and how I heard about it. Uh, we we talked about this a little bit in our origin stories, but um, just quickly, I got connected with a a friend of mine who who knew somebody who was a coding instructor at a coding boot camp, and I you know I had no idea about coding boot camps really. I was just like I knew I wanted to get into coding, but I didn't know how. And and doing some research, coding bootcamp seemed like the option. And so I got connected with with a guy named Ryan Tablada, who was actually the instructor at the Iron Yard. Uh, and he he uh, just walked me through the possibilities. And I asked him a ton of questions about, man, is this even feasible? Like, like can you actually get a job? Or are you just like pulling my chain, basically? Because, yeah. I mean, the, the proposition was essentially like you pay – like 12k 10k go to this boot camp for three months and then you get a job making like 50k so i'm like yeah. there's i mean this is almost too good to be true right and and yeah. so but i took a gamble on it and i was like yeah i mean he convinced me and he he was very reassuring on people getting jobs and so i was like all right well let's do this and so i ended up applying for a loan through like a specific uh, credit union, like for, for this one in particular, this boot camp, it was, uh, it wasn't like a, a normal loan for whatever reason. Like you, it couldn't be like a school loan. It had to be, uh, like a specific loan that was, that was geared towards this boot camp, And they were, they were actually partnered with, with, uh, the iron yard. Is it climb? So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and, uh, so yeah, I went through that. I was able to get some financing, uh, luckily my, my dad was, was able to co-sign for me. I mean, I had no loan history mm. at the time, so I was lucky to have my dad co-sign for that. Um, and I took a little bit extra out. I think my, I think it was actually like 12,500 mm. or something like that. Uh, and that was actually right before the, the cutoff point to which they were actually going to raise the prices to about like 14 K. Mm. Uh, I think we were the last core cohort that, uh, that they allowed that. Um, Snap. I didn't know that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so I was able to get in in that cheaper price. And then uh, I, I took a little bit extra out for my loan uh, to, to live on for the next three months to then do this boot camp and, and try to get a job later. So that, that's just kind of the quick, uh, quick version of, of how I got in there. Um, and then Sean, if you want to just talk about kind of the, what we did at the, at the boot camp and, and, uh, maybe even your process of getting into it. And if that was different than mine. Yeah, I, I dove, I dove into a little bit in episode two about, uh, the process of getting in, and that was uh, I went the loan route as well. I didn't have twelve, thirteen thousand dollars to just throw down on some training. Um, I didn't also ha- I didn't have a uh, co-signer. I was working as a forklift operator, so I and I used that income to buy my first house. And you wouldn't be able to do that nowadays in the same area because the the housing market is. Uh, crazy but they um so they allowed me to get a loan which was crazy based on my income that i'm getting rid of (laughs) i was like i don't know how this makes sense but all right let's do this the uh yeah the approval process they're like yeah that's we will accept you and um and then i also use my own uh money to to do a down payment so they requires you to do a down payment to get in as well so yeah in this boot camp we uh there was two different routes there was the back end route and a front end route right and and sean and i both chose the front end route uh which we were technically in the same cohort as the other back end people we were just in like two separate rooms in the in the same like time block essentially and so i i kind of forget what the the what, what was it like eight to eight to five or something like that that we went to the boot camp nine yeah. to five yeah i think it was like nine to five but you could get there early and you could stay late if you wanted to um but yeah the well the actual class session was till lunch that's right yeah so we we actually had a lecture period from 9 a.m. to like about lunch and then from then on from from lunch and on we had just project-based uh learning where we would we would go and and have like a an assignment that we'd have to do that we would just learn and and uh, do for the rest of the day and we would have our instructor there kind of walking around making sure we were doing everything correctly or we could ask questions and whatnot um so yeah i mean that kind of thing was was super helpful i think you know my thoughts on boot camps are like, if if you don't have the ability to uh, discipline yourself and and you don't have necessarily like the time to to just like sit down every night and and like do this yourself, like there's there's tons of resources online. Uh, mm-hmm. I tell people all the time asking me about boot camps if if they should go into one, and I'm like, well it kind of depends on if you can do it yourself. Like you can save, technically you can save $15,000 or whatever it is and do it yourself. But yeah, are you going to be disciplined to do it? Are you, are you going to be able to, to reach out to uh, people in the community to ask for help when you need to, you know, like uh, there, there's kind of a lot of implications when it comes to learning on your own, a self-taught developer um, yeah. that, 
the boot camp kind of helps you get over those hurdles, you know. So it, it really just depends on how you're able to manage your time as well as how well you think you can learn on your own. Um, for me, I knew that like I get really distracted. Um, I know that that if I don't have like a, a set like path to follow, I'm kind of just like all over the place. And and so that boot camp made sense for me because, you know, it was three months intensive boot camp where someone's right there that you can ask questions so i think the just the value alone of that is huge people are like well why why would you spend that much money if you could just learn it all online but i think the idea of it being like very focused and having a mentor right there to to walk you through it that that's the value i think yeah the 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 12 grand i felt like was definitely paying a mentor right that one-on-one session was invaluable for me. The another incentive was time. I mean, I was getting, uh, I had a, a family established already. So, it, as far as career goes, I was a little late in the game switching to something like this. So, it was a dramatic shift in in career that I knew I needed to do it in a shorter amount of time so that I could survive. Um, just with all my uh, bills coming in because my bills didn't stop coming in regardless of what I was learning. So I knew that to kickstart that career, I had a better uh, potential for success with someone um, working alongside me. Absolutely. And, and another thing that they did for us was career development. I think that was another big piece of it was not only were you learning to code, but they were helping you put together a portfolio. They were helping you with your resume. Yeah, they were they had connections, Um, you know, for me, like the connection piece wasn't as useful. um, But, you know, I I think it depends on timing and and who you are and how how apt you are at. at, Yeah, it's the market, really. I mean, it it varies. And, And so, yeah, I mean. I think in, in that regard, it's super helpful just to be extremely disciplined and, and someone to just like walk, you know, take your hand and walk you through it. Uh, and, and that's super helpful. Um, yeah. So, so let's break down a little bit uh, the like, okay, so we've gotten to the point where we've it gotten the loan accepted. We've accepted into the actual course too. So uh, we both had interview. I don't know if you actually had a formal interview with, Ryan, but mine was a phone conversation, just asking a ton of questions and he was explaining things. Um, but it, it didn't seem, it was very laid back. Our, my conversation with Ryan. Um, yeah, I think they, they just want to know that people are, they, they know what they're getting into. Right. I mean, it's like, yeah. it is an investment. It's not just like, uh, it's not just like, oh, you pay $10,000 and then you, you get a job making 60 K like, no, right. there's, it's a lot of work. Like you gotta, you gotta want it. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree. And, I, and, and maybe that was part of the, the uh, casual conversation was just trying to understand my motivation and understanding the thing with, that's a, that's a good point to bring up with anything that you go into as far as learning. If you don't take ownership of it, and um, start applying it immediately. And when you go to look for that job, if you're expecting it to be handed to you, you're not going to find it. Um, I, I know 
And there's a lot of entry-level developers out there looking for jobs right now <clears throat> and listening to this podcast. If not now, they'll be listening to in the future and, and probably looking for some inspiration or advice of, well, I haven't found that first gig yet. And it takes a lot of grit and determination in, in those moments to not give up for sure. To get back into like, let's break down Iron Yard and what it was like from the beginning so day one it was like a friday i had um <clears throat> i'd given my two or three weeks notice at work so that friday was my uh the day before was my last day at that work and then the next day i rolled into nashville with a, a laptop my parents bought me on ebay for like 650 dollars. the thing was um it was a mac pro but it was an old one and now looking at it, it's, it's in rough shape, but it got me through this course. Well, that, so that Friday, Ryan had us all download this, what this starter kit and it just set up our whole environments. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's something to note too, is like for our boot camp in particular, uh, in order for everyone to be on the same page, we all had to, to buy max. So that was another expense that was like, yep. yeah, it was, uh, I think I bought mine for like 800 bucks and I was saving up for it, you know, and, and yeah, so I, like you said, we, we kind of went in and, and there, as a developer, there's a ton of different tools that you're using every day. And, uh, in order to make your invite, like your work environment, something that's efficient and productive, you'll need a ton of these different tools. And so, yeah, we came in and Ryan helped us download all those things and got us started. Speaking on the tools real quick, I didn't mean to cut you off, but just, that that was another thing that I knew was going to be crucial to me getting it and being productive was using tools that professionals were using on a day to day basis and doing it in the manner that they did. Right. So I, I paid attention to Ryan in the sense of like how he was coding. He would use shortcut keys and, and he would use uh, code snippets and. Uh, there was ways that made him code faster by like changing his keyboard around sort of as a configuration to um, to prevent like uh, lag time on uh, shortcut keys. Right. So the you remember when when he uh, he was using Emmett and he was like sharing his screen and and he just put in a bunch of like shortcuts and then just hit tab. And it was like a whole whole like HTML page just coded for him. And we were like what <laughs> yeah he was that? he was definitely flexing i don't know how usable that is in real life but <laughs> right yeah you have to know I, exactly what you want yeah the uh and that was the thing that i i took from it though it's like if you if you're coding something over and over more than once you can turn it into a code snippet right and so that's what i that i've applied that to multiple different positions um at my first gig i did that and it saved me i i i wrote a blog about it saving like 20 something hours because of so much repetitive work i was doing at that job here this this job with react i'm using snippets for unit testing just because how complicated our testing is and it saves time i wouldn't say 20 hours because i'm not i'm this isn't an agency where we're pumping out a bunch of similar sites uh, it, it takes more time to sit and think about what you're doing, but it definitely helps. Um, for sure. I mean, we could do a whole episode on just tooling 
and getting started with that. I mean, it, that that's extremely important, you know, depending on what code editor you're using, they usually have like plugins or extensions that you can download that come with snippets and different little, little tools. And, and yeah, that's something that, that I realized very quickly when I got into coding was that proficiency with the keyboard was very important and just understanding how to use it and how to be better with it. So, yeah. Yeah. And so as, as we got more into tooling, we, you know, we immediately started jumping into code. We, we, uh, we started learning HTML right away. So just all the different tags, uh, how they work, uh, how to structure HTML, and and then we moved on to CSS, how to style that, and that was that was almost kind of in within the same week, right? That was like a couple of weeks of that, and then and then we we uh, we pretty quickly moved on to doing JavaScript. I think that was in what week three or four? Yeah, it was after I um, I think it was the end of week two. We he started incorporating JavaScript. That first, I don't know about you, but day three, um, there was assignment he gave us. I felt like I was like jumping out of a helicopter into an ocean like day. I think it was day one or day two. I was like, man, I got this. Like I knocked it out before everybody else. And then it was uh, my wife's birthday. So I left. I was like, I'm going to go and and enjoy a day with her because I've been working. I knew that uh, this course and all this training, I was going to spend like 10 hour days. The next day, I believe that was day two, day three, I came in and was in like a sheer like panic mode from the assignment and me just like being completely lost. I I even called like a friend of mine who was a pastor at the time. I was like, I'm I'm concerned I made a horrible mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Pray for me. (laughs) Yeah, for real, man. Uh, He he prayed for me. I was like, all right. Yeah, you'll need it. Uh, Yeah. And they describe it. I mean, just like what you said, they, they're, that's the intention, right? I mean, they, they want you to, to be drowning, honestly. I mean, they, yeah. they, it's a three month course. And so it's, it's not going to be easy. Like we said, I mean, you, you, you really feel like you're, you're drowning and you're, you're trying to drink out of a fire hose. You know, it's, it's very much like a lot of information. Um, yeah. That, that's not that a- to scare you just that's just how it is you know yeah that you kind of gotta is was good in preparing me for that first job yeah exactly i mean this is all in preparation for real professional life you know you can't there's there's a lot of tasks that you'll be hit with you know that that are not easy and you got to learn how to swim yeah i i definitely felt like i was drowning that first week of um my first job I was like, holy cow. It was it was a definitely more stressful than the third day at Iron Yard, but it was uh not far off. You know what I mean? The same feeling. I was like, holy cow. But it definitely because I'd already felt that before, you know what I mean? I think it it softened it a little bit. Yeah. And then uh so yeah, just about JavaScript now. Uh did you so what, that was what, th- week three, week four? I forget. Yeah, we started week three in JavaScript. Okay. Yeah, and it was just vanilla JavaScript, just straight up, like learning the the syntax and, and how to write functions and scoping and just like all the, the, the basic JavaScript stuff, which, you know, yeah. and during the JavaScript, like that, that I knew that's what was going to be the hard part was JavaScript. 
And to be honest, I don't think I ever really got it in, in the boot camp at least. Like even now, like there's plenty of things that I don't know. But yeah, like JavaScript was definitely one of those things. And and I started to kind of uh as soon as we started doing that, I was like, man, am I am I able to do this? Like, can I like all my it seemed like all my classmates were getting it and I just wasn't. And and you know, I was trying to like fake it to make it seem like I was like, yeah. but yeah, that was a scary moment for me. It was like it was like, oh, a big realization that JavaScript's tough, you know? Yeah, it's its its own animal for sure. And it, it's definitely like eating an elephant where you just got to take one bite at a time. And, you know, if you look at the whole elephant, you're going to be uh, pretty, like, uh, tired from just thinking about all the work that's put into it. It's easier to just take one chunk at a time. And I think that's with learning anything new. Yeah, I mean, I think if I were to give any advice on that, I would say take take a concept in JavaScript that you might want to do, or maybe even a combination of HTML and CSS and JavaScript, and and take a very small piece of it. Let's say I want to create a button that when you click it, it it console logs hello, or there's an alert that says hello. Like figure out how to do that. Okay, that's yeah. that's very simple JavaScript, right? And then go to onto the next thing, you know, that that might involve writing a function and, and console logging or creating an alert. Like, how would you do that? And so you can mm -hmm. kind of like start to scale up what you're doing. So then maybe the next step is like submitting a form or, yeah. uh, you know, making a drop down menu clickable or, you know, just just kind of ratcheting up the difficulty slowly and and eating it, eating the elephant one bite at a time, just like you said. Yeah, for so. me, I think DOM events were, and the, in using event listeners, those are the first thing that clicked with me in JavaScript. I was able to use those in uh, WordPress, and we were we were trying to just implement some user experience that wasn't super complicated, but was able to achieve it in JavaScript. Um, and that also got me into using jQuery, which I'd never used before until I was in WordPress world. Do you want to talk about the uh, the framework we used? You're you're more of an Ember guy than me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't introduce Ember until like the last few weeks, right? It was like his was it? Uh, it was like his icing on the cake. He was he kept uh, talking it up the entire time. And how um, it was going to be so much easier, which I, I mean, I definitely like it. And that's part of uh, that buildup helped, man, because I saw the productivity that came from it. But it's one thing to notice. He didn't even teach us React. And both of us work in React right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, that's another thing to keep in mind for entry-level developers is the tech you learn, whether it's in a coding boot camp or on your own, it's very possible it may not be the tech you're working in on the day-to-day -day basis. If you're like normal software engineers, you're you're adapting based on the demand of that technology. And in our area, in my experience looking for jobs, um, it was it was majority of React and then a like a trinkle, like a sprinkle of uh, Ember jobs out there. And so that definitely has an effect on uh, what you learn too. So I spent time in the afternoons learning React. So I, I learned React outside of the coding boot camp. Yeah, and I, I think 
if if I were to look back and just critique anything about that boot camp, it would it would probably be that during that time and even still, React was the hot the hot framework on the market, you know. And the reason we went with Ember was because our instructor was very proficient in it and he knew it and thought it was amazing. You thought it was better than React, which is fine. And Ember is great and you can get jobs in it, but at the time React had the most jobs. And so I feel like if if we were to learn anything, it would be the thing that has the most jobs, right? But as as Sean said, I mean, there there's some concepts that just transfer over regardless. Yeah. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you know, it it's up to you to learn what you got to learn. Yeah. If you have the experience, if you have the confidence uh, that the boot camp gives you from learning all these technologies, you can surely learn uh, React or any any framework, really. Right. Um, you know, but you know, I think that that critique is it's pretty minor. Uh, you know, every day I'm learning something new, so I think as long as you can can uh, prove that you can code, then you can most likely get a job. And that's through pro portfolios. That's through yeah. your GitHub account. That's through a lot of different things. Yeah. So, um, so JavaScript, that first few weeks, we were building out like what, two tiny little apps a week, right? Yeah. Something like that. And then he, in, um, he started incorporating, what uh mvc was model view contain controller and yeah that's right we built one from scratch in the beginning and then from there we he introduced vue.js we spent vue.js a lot of time in view probably about what three four weeks was it i thought it was only a couple weeks my memory is terrible yeah it may but... have been it may have been two weeks Two or three weeks, I don't know, but um, it's it was definitely longer than um, than what we'd spent in just creating an MVC from scratch, and um, that was that was good. He, he taught us that it was it was similar to React and Angular, right? It had different um, different things that you could take from either one. I actually liked view in that I could use vanilla JavaScript and manipulate the DOM inside that template. You can't really do that with, with Ember, with the handlebars. You have to, you really have to move that into a different uh, file and folder. Yeah. Uh, you know, now that I know more about Vue, React and Ember, I, I, I think the big differences are, if I were to describe Ember as it's more like batteries included like it does a lot for you, you know, it has a bunch of generators. It's, it's kind of got a different architecture, file architecture structure for creating uh, just projects. But I, I would think like Vue and React, it's, it's more or less like a, um, it's, it's taking like just the, the view part of MVC, right? So like model view controller, React or uh, Ember has all of that, but then React and Vue are, it's just, the view part um yeah and and so it's the differences of those are are it you you kind of have to handle more with view and react but it's 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 a less hands-off than than ember ember's trying to kind of like take control of everything but view and react are more like sprinkle it in here and there kind of thing so yeah it's that uh, it's that convention over configuration right 
Right. So Ember, Ember believes in conventions. So over spending that time configuring, which coming from a Greenfield project now, like it's almost been two years in this Greenfield project for React and TypeScript. We use MobX um, as well. That or MobX React, whatever you want to call it. But um, coming from that space now, I, and then before that, I was an Ember for two years. So I'm getting to see like the the differences uh, and how they parallel and like convention over configuration. I, I definitely felt that day one of starting the React project and and what I mean by that is like a cognitive overload, trying to figure out how I want to configure this, how I want to architect just the simple file structure, the naming of everything. I referenced a lot of like West Boss's um, types of configuration, and but the uh, the senior developer above me, who I was leaning toward, had a different uh, mentality. Which so I leaned into that, and um, it was it, it was this it was the idea of keeping things. Uh, away from the global state and not not pouring everything in the global if you didn't have to and so i had to think about like how that was all going to be orchestrated as well like react is is just a library that it's a tool that you can use but you have to configure uh, the model the views the can the controller all that stuff like how you want it you do, you have that already decided for you when you jump into an ember project so I knew that they were hiring more people too for our team. So I wasn't as, um, uh, I didn't sell it as hard as I could have for the Ember project for this company because I knew my boss knew React and then the senior developer consultant, um, he knew React. So I knew that their bread and butter was React. And so yeah. I, was, I was willing to, to take that that leap into this framework when I hadn't really developed in it professionally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you'll start to see at least my experience. I, I don't think it, this is for everyone, but I I've jumped around technologies from job to job. You know, I started in Ruby on rails with like basically just doing their like HTML templating language, whatever okay. it was, Hamel, I think. Then I got into view and then I'm now back into react it, and yeah. never have touched Ember in a job. So yeah. it, it's just it, interesting, like the path that that kind of starts to form. Like I, I never really like was like, oh, I must be a React developer. You know, I, it was almost like just give me any job so I can get in the field. Yeah. And that's that's kind of that's almost it, it's kind of sad, but that's almost kind of the the mentality that you have to have. It's like I wouldn't be super picky unless you have the ability to. You know, I think if as long as you get your first job in in the industry, it's it's pretty much downhill from there. But just get it, get that first job. That's all I can say. Is just get that first job. If it if it's in technology, if it's in in the the industry that you want, um, that's that's what matters. You know, obviously, if it's like a if it's like a support tech job that they try to like tell you you might code on the side, like don't take that. Like take something that you know will get you to the next job. It's all stepping stones, you know. So, yeah. The um, another thing I was going to mention about that is networking, like going to meetups, talking to senior developers, shaking hands with those developers, 
you'll get a better idea of what the market is going to be like, right? Like in what tech people are writing in. Um, I didn't find out that. And make friends like, yeah, don't, don't just, don't just market to market. You know, I think there's a lot of people trying to find jobs. You know, I think one of the best things you can do is just be, be helpful to people, you know, ask good questions. Don't, don't be that person. That's like, like, give me a job, give me a job. You know, I think, there is sometimes it comes down to that. Like, you know, are there any job openings? Sometimes you, you really do need to ask, but I think making true friends in the community is going to help you more than just always trying to take, you know, get, get involved in communities, do talks, do uh, make friends in, in the community. Um, just do what you can to, to be as involved as possible so that people remember you and they think, oh, hey, I've got this job opening, this junior job opening or whatever it is. And they, they might even think of you. So. Yeah, giving a developer talk, <clears throat> even if you don't feel ready, um, is definitely a great way to, to advertise yourself and then um, put yourself out there in front of senior developers to see, okay, this guy is is not afraid to, to share what he knows. And then what he shares could be something that intrigues that uh, senior de level developer to say, okay, wow, this guy's a lot further along than I realized. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> and the um, that was one of the reasons why I even created Burrow.dev. Like that <clears throat> that networking opportunity is huge. And since I didn't have that in Murfreesboro when I was looking, I wanted to provide that for entry level developers in Murfreesboro that um, now that are looking right and and to help facilitate that and was even able to help a gentleman get a job who didn't have a coding boot camp experience. He didn't have any experience for that matter. He spent uh, he quit his job at the warehouse from saving up. He worked with his parents to uh, or he lived with his parents and they uh they supported him in it well two months later it well the i let me backtrack a little bit a month in it he uh, i paired up with them and, and guide them in some training materials and then there was a job posting in burrow.dev i invited i pinged him specifically and said hey this job you might want to check out because it might be a good fit and ended up finding this uh, a, a conversation with this guy interview with him and two months into developing like he finds a job and secures it i'm like dude this is not normal <laughs> i told him i was like this is not a normal situation like i can't i can't tell this to people and and make them and let them think that but it definitely because of the opportunity was there in the networking if you don't network you you miss all kinds of opportunities yeah, we kind of got off on a tangent there. That's more uh, finding a job specifically. But I, as far as the boot camp, you know, we we uh, just to kind of wrap it up. We uh, at the end of the, our boot camp, we we did a capstone project in Ember JS, and so this is I, I really thought this was cool. And so the idea was we would partner up with somebody else in our class, and we would come up with an idea uh, for a a capstone project. And so we each had our own idea, and then. Uh, they would they the the people on staff would actually judge the idea and see if it was even feasible, and yeah. then they would pick the winners of these ideas, and then we would get partnered, and then and then actually 
produce them. Uh, Sean, do you want to talk about your capstone project? Yeah, so a friend of mine uh, actually pitched the idea of something called like safety net where it helps homeless people, it helps people in need find those resources on this website. So I pitched that idea of just making it map-based where on if you looked at the map, you could see all these different resources and filter through what you needed. Super cool idea. Um, my idea was to, it was, it was crazy. It was too complex. Uh, and it was like something to do with like geolocation or something like that. And, and so the judges were like, nah, like you can't do that. And so uh, I got partnered with another classmate who had the idea called beat the boot. And the idea was essentially uh, you'd be able to order a coffee from a coffee shop park in a place you shouldn't get your coffee and get out right. before you got booted, right? Beat the boot. Um, and so, yeah, we, we built that in Ember and, and it had like this, this whole, like, there was like a, a, a side to order coffee, but also like to, to receive the orders. So like a business person or like the, the people at the business could see the orders come in and fulfill them or whatever. So yeah, right. it was a cool little project. Yeah. Yeah, those those were a lot of fun. And then we had a showcasing of those projects, right? So at the end of it, we um, we invited industry professionals, people that were actually hiring to come in and then we walked them through what our application could do, what the challenges we faced in it and um, how we overcame them. It was really good, it, like practicing interviews, right? That's basically what it was. It gave you uh, just the ability to go ahead and practice and it was it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed talking about our project just because I was so excited about it. Yeah, I mean, you you kind of kept it going for a little bit, right? Yeah, I did. I I thought it was uh it was because there's free data like the a lot of states will offer this free data to tap into so you can help communities, and I didn't realize that until diving in. Got to meet the lady that was over the Nashville's data and like data.gov or something like that. I don't remember the exact um, thing, but it was a, a free API that she worked on by connecting all the uh, the different nonprofits and the communities together that uh, that actually offered resources. So the app cool. um, idea is like, okay, well, if Nashville does this, there's got to be other big cities that offer this data so the idea was to go through each city uh find that open i think it was open data or something like that and um and incorporate it into the app that's a really cool idea you should pick that up back up man is it is it still out there somewhere yeah it's still out there somewhere <laughs> on a on a sleeping heroku instance and if you had yeah Fizzy, then it would be uh it wouldn't be asleep. You <laughs> feezy. You feezy. It's easy with you feezy. Right. Um, all right. Well, uh, yeah, so just kind of to wrap it up here, uh, into a little disclosure. So the iron yard actually shut down. So that that's a bummer. Um yeah, so they they were the they had the most locations in the country for, for coding boot camps, but they, I think for 
it wasn't for monetary reasons. I don't, I don't remember exactly the reason, but they, they ended up closing all the, all the different boot camps across the country, which is a bummer. Um, but there are many boot camps now. There are many online ones. There are, uh, there's one in Nashville called uh, Nashville Software School. That's a six month like full stack coding boot camp. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think there's a lack of options anymore. When I first started getting into this, when I first went to the Iron Yard, there it that was kind of a new concept. It it just started to become more popular. But yeah, there's all sorts of resources. I think even a really good one that's free. It's called Free Code Camp, uh, and they'll take you through the full stack for free. It, it's just like a coding boot camp. You you have a community to to get around and to share projects and stuff. So I definitely check that out if you're listening. Go to freecodecamp.com. It's a great resource. Uh, if you feel like you want a more in-person, uh, dedicated option, there there's definitely a Nashville Software School, uh, a few online ones if you don't feel like going in person. These uh, are so, not yeah. sponsorships either. We should probably no. call them and yeah. get some sponsorships. Yeah, please sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so cool. uh, another one is uh, Vanderbilt. They have a coding boot camp that's as right. well. Yeah. It's not, and I found out that it's not actually Vanderbilt that's doing it and running it. It's a it's a third party that's using their name. That's, um, But yeah, I uh, I know a couple of developers that have graduated there. It's definitely another option. Cool. Awesome. Is there anything else we want before we close it down? I don't think so. That's it. Awesome. We went over a little bit of our 30-minute session. Uh, we may edit some of it. I don't know. I'll leave it up to Isaac Weber on that. But thank you, everyone, for listening to Dev Theory Podcast with Sean Willis and Isaac Weber. Y'all have a good day. Peace.